Our Island Story, Chapter Eleven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Kara Schallenberg. Our Island Story by H. E. Marshall, Chapter Eleven. The story of how the giant's dance was brought to Britain. Vortigern was dead, but the Saxons whom he had brought to Britain were still rulers of the land. So, after burning the castle of Vortigern, Aurelius Ambrosius and Uther Pendragon marched against the Saxons. They defeated them in a great battle, and Hengist was taken prisoner. Then Aurelius Ambrosius called all the British nobles together in council. To decide what should be done with Hengist. Aurelius was a very brave man, but he was not cruel. He was noble, and above all things he hated a lie. Hengist was brave too, but he was cruel, revengeful, and deceitful. Aurelius would have spared Hengist's life because he was such a brave man, but Edol, Earl of Gloucester, that noble who fought so well when the Britons were destroyed on Salisbury Plain, stood up. It is not right, he said, that Hengist should live. He has brought much sorrow on our land. Through his fault, nearly all our nobles were killed on Salisbury Plain. Let him die. Then all the people shouted, Let him die. So Aurelius bowed his head and said, It is just. Let him die. Edol then led Hengist away and cut off his head. But Although their leader was gone, many Saxons still remained in Britain, and afterwards you will hear how powerful they became. Aurelius was now chosen to be king of Britain, and, like Vortimer, he began to restore order and rebuild the churches and towns which the heathen Saxons had a second time destroyed. The land which the Saxons had stolen he gave back to those of the Britons to whom it really belonged. He revised the laws, and once more peace and justice reigned in the kingdom. When Aurelius had put everything in good order, he went to Salisbury Plain to see the place where so many of his people had been put to death by Hengist and his wicked Saxons. As he stood upon the great plain, he felt very sad. Turning to his nobles who surrounded him, he said, My people died trying to make peace for their country. Yet there is no stone to mark the spot. I will have a noble monument raised, so that the wickedness of Hengist and the bravery of my people may be remembered for ever. Then Aurelius sent for all the best builders and masons in the country, and told them to make a splendid monument. But one after another they refused. We are not clever enough to do such a great thing, they said. This made Aurelius sorry, for he wished very much that people should not forget these British heroes. Then a wise man came to him and said, Send for Merlin. If anyone can build a great monument, he can. Who is Merlin? asked Aurelius. Merlin is a great magician, replied the wise man. He used to live with Vortigern and do wonderful things for him. Since Vortigern's death, he has been hiding somewhere in Wales. If you can find him, he will build the monument for you. A magician is a person who can do difficult things quite easily. His real home is in fairyland, and he understands fairy language. 
the fairies come and whisper their wonderful secrets to him, although no one else can see or hear them. Aurelius was very glad to hear about Merlin. He sent messengers into all the land to look for him. They searched about for a long time, until at last they found Merlin, and brought him to the king. As soon as Merlin knew what Aurelius wanted, he said, "'If you really wish to honour the burying-place of these men with a monument which will last for ever, send to Ireland for the giant's dance.' "'What is the giant's dance?' asked Aurelius. "'The giant's dance is a great ring of stones,' replied Merlin. "'They are so wonderful and so old that no one is sure how they came there. But it is said that long, long ago giants brought these stones from a far-off country called Africa.' When Aurelius heard that, he burst out laughing. "'How is it possible,' he asked, "'to remove such big stones from a far-off country? Have we not enough stones in Britain with which to build a monument?' And he laughed again. "'Do not laugh,' said Merlin gravely. "'They are wonderful stones. Every one of them will cure some kind of illness. They are fairy stones.' When the Britons heard that, they made up their minds to have these stones, and Uther Pendragon was chosen to go with Merlin to bring them. So, taking a great army of men and many ships, they set sail for Ireland. When they arrived in Ireland, they sent a message to the king, asking him to let them take the giant's dance away. It was now the king of Ireland's turn to laugh. "'What mad people these Britons are!' he said. "'Was ever such folly heard of?' "'Have they not enough stones in their own country that they must come to take mine? "'I shall certainly not give them one single stone of the giant's dance. "'Tell them to go home again, and not to be so foolish.' "'But the Britons had quite made up their minds to have the giant's dance. "'As the King of Ireland would not give it to them, they resolved to fight for it. "'This they did, and soon put the Irish to flight.' Then Merlin led the Britons to the place where the giant's dance stood. Once they saw it, they were filled with joy and wonder, and set to work at once to move the stones. But try how they might, they could not move even the smallest of them one single inch. They pulled and pushed, struggled and strained, till they were hot and tired, but the stones stood as firm as rocks. Merlin sat by, watching them, and smiling. Then, when they were all worn out, and cross and tired, he rose. "'Now let me try,' he said. "'It is really quite easy.' And in a very short time, with the help of his wonderful magic, he had moved all the stones and put them on board the ships. The people looked on in amazement, and as soon as he had finished, they set sail for Britain with great rejoicing." When they landed, messengers were sent to tell King Aurelius Ambrosius. He gathered all the nobles and clergy, and, wearing his crown and royal robes, rode to Salisbury Plain. There, with great feasting and ceremony, the stones were set up as a memorial to the dead British heroes. They were placed in exactly the same order as they were found in Ireland. Aurelius changed the name from Giant's Dance to Stonehenge, and the great monument may be seen on Salisbury Plain to this day. Most people say this is a fairy tale, and ought not to be put in a history book. They say that the stones on Stonehenge were there long before Merlin lived, 
long before Hengist and his Saxons, or Caesar and his Romans, even long before Brutus of Troy came. They say that probably no one will ever find out how these stones came to be there, or why they were placed as they are. I dare say they are right, but fairy tales are very interesting, and this fairy tale, if it is one, is to be found in some of the first histories of Britain that were ever written. So certainly at one time people must have believed it to be true. Unfortunately, soon after this a wicked Saxon poisoned the good king, Aurelius Ambrosius. The Britons were very sad at his loss, and they buried him within the giant's dance, where so many other noble Britons lay. Then, because Aurelius had no children, the people chose his brother, Uther Pendragon, to be king. He, too, was good and wise, but he had to spend most of his time fighting against the Saxons. After the death of Hengist, very many Saxons had remained in Britain, and now many more came again in ships from Germany. Fierce and terrible battles were fought, and although the Saxons were often defeated, the Britons could not succeed in driving them away altogether. But the name of Uther Pendragon became a terror to these heathen. It is said that when he was so old and feeble that he could not stand, he was carried to battle in a litter. And so great was the power and fame of his courage that the Saxons were utterly defeated. Ah, he said, laughing, these heathen call me the half-dead king, and so indeed I am. Yet victory to me half-dead is better than to be safe and sound and vanquished. For to die with honour is better than to live with disgrace. But, alas, Uther Pendragon, like so many of the good kings before him, was also poisoned by the wicked Saxons. So he died, and the people buried him close to his brother, Aurelius Ambrosius, within the giant's dance on Salisbury Plain. End of chapter 11 Read by Kara Schallenberg www.kray.org on May 18, 2006, in Oceanside, California.